monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan. Some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Hello and welcome back to the Bride of the Creature podcast with me, the creature, Joey G. Joining me, as always, the cutest podcaster in town, the bride, Nicole. Hello. How are you, love? I'm a little out of breath, to be honest. Well, to be fair, you did have to go up the stairs once. Twice. I, I mean, I'm kind of making fun of you, but I would have just died. <laughs> I'm out of breath just watch it, just thinking about you going up the stairs. <sighs> and the thing about our stairs, narrow risers. They're narrow risers. We have very narrow risers. Uh, but you're well? Yeah, how are you? Oh, fantastic. My I never, back's sore. I never ask you how you are, do I? No, no. never. You've never actually... This is the first time in almost 22 years that we've been together that you have ever <laughs> no, asked me how I am. No, just on the podcast, I meant. No, I know. That's why we're doing the podcast. I've been hoping that eventually you would choose to say something nice to me. Carefully you? don't you? knock that monitor over. There's nothing holding it up right now. What? Yeah, it's just balancing there. I got that's a new monitor. Stupid. Well, I got a... I, that's what this box is. It's a monitor stand with arms, uh... but I didn't have it yet. Um... I'm good. It's my birthday. It's Thank your you for birthday, wishing me a happy birthday. And we want you to have fun. It's your birthday. We already did that episode. We did. That's from Willy's Wonderland. That's still better than like 90% of the movies <gasps> you've ever done on this podcast. I can't believe I've only watched it once. Like the fact that that movie doesn't get like a super huge reputation in a lot of other movies that we've recovered, that we've covered on this show or like Beloved just irritates me. Lots doesn't of, irritate lots me. Lots of things irritate you. Sure. Which isn't to say that people should like whatever I like, but it just bums me out that people don't like that movie as much as me. It's really fun. Anyway, that's not the movie we did. We've already done that one. Everyone's like, ooh, Hereditary's good. I'm like, you're an idiot. Oh my god, dude. People are allowed to like what they like. Yeah, they are. They're allowed to be wrong. But this time Continue around, with your book we had a whole like argument in the car that, if, that this was Nicole's pick, but apparently I bullied her into picking it. You did. I don't think that's true. <laughs> But it, anyway, we uh, I picked through Nicole, apparently. Skinamarink, directed by Kyle Edward Ball, based on his own short film entitled Heck. Uh, it was made for, what, like $15,000 in Edmonton? Yeah. That's near where we live. I know. There are rivals. Not really. Edmonton? It's not a thing anymore. I mean, not to us. We don't care. But to people, sure it is. That's stupid. People who care about things like sporting events. Mm-hmm. They're oh, like, oh, the Battle events. of Alberta. Sporting events. Those Yeah, you things. know, like the uh, the gliding sport. Hockey is the gliding sport. Ice skating. Yeah, the gliding sport. Figure skating. Well, not, not when they got a stick. They're playing some stick. And then they bite. Yeah. Do you want me to play the trailer for this skinamarinky dinky Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. All right, here it comes. In this house. In this house. In this house. 
in this house. In this house. So uh, typically when we do these movies, I'm like, oh, what's the point of listening to the trailer and you can't see anything? Can't see anything in this movie anyway. <laughs> it's a lot of that, yeah. yeah. You can Nicole, see some of it. You did a bunch of reading and took notes, so why don't you take the lead? Yeah, I'm going to do the synopsis this time. I'm historically not very good at these, but I did them in my own words and normally Joy just reads off Wikipedia, so I feel like this might be better. I kind of skim it. <laughs> Go from memory a little bit. All right, so... Um, two kids wake up to no doors or windows in their house, and their dad is gone. Fantastic premise. Off to a strong start. It was a good start. So I knew that premise going into this, and I'll, right away I was like, oh, and like seeing the trailer and stuff, I was like, oh, it kind of reminds me of that book, House of Leaves. Um, can you look up who did that book? It's Mark something, I think. Um, which is, I would say, probably one of my favorite books. Mark, Mark Danielewski. Dan oh my god, his photo on the Wikipedia is him in like... He's got a, like a trilby Like a hat. Joseph Boys style yeah. hat and this little cute white Do you kitty. think that describing it as a Joseph Boys hat will be easier for people to he picture than... He kind of looks like Joseph okay, Boys. Okay, but I'm saying it's a trilby hat. People can picture a trilby. Nobody knows what Joseph Boys looks like. <laughs> I only do because I'm married to a weirdo. <laughs> it's a, he's wearing a straw trilby holding a cat. Yeah, that's a good description. Thank you. Um... Anyway, the it's a really, really amazing book about, um, like, in this house. The way they describe it is really different, and um, in it, the kids are playing in the house, and they start talking about echoes. Like, you hear the echoes in your house, and you don't even really recognize them as echoes. You just are used to living in your house. And then they talk about the kids are playing upstairs, and they can hear them, and then all of a sudden, they can hear them echo back in a, in a way that they've never heard before, that in a way that's not familiar to their house. And they go up in this closet has appeared in between the bedrooms in their house. And the outs inside of the house is measuring bigger than the outside of the house. Um, so when, when this had no, the no doors and no windows, that's what it kind of reminded me of, which is already on board for because I really like the book. It's really different. Um, so anyway, they wake up to that. And as the movie goes on, other objects disappear and or reappear in odd ways. Um, and once the children discover their situation, they decided to camp. Sorry, Would that's you the, be quiet, you horrible beast? That's the dog. That's his lordship popping Sagata Mooglington the fourth, but he's acting a damn fool. <laughs> um, so they decide that they feel safer to sleep in the living room in front of the TV watching old cartoons. Now, all the cartoons are black and white public domain cartoons that 
I'm sure many of us had VHS copies of growing up. Joey and I talked about it mm-hmm. a lot. We both had them. Um, and I was going, oh, I can't. I remember that one. I remember that one. Um, so things aren't right. And they hear a thump and they think it's their dad. And when they go to check it out, a chair has moved from the floor and is now on the ceiling. Um they don't, don't know, still don't know where their dad is. And so the little boy's name is Kevin. He's about four. And Kaylee's a little bit older. She's the older sister. So Kevin says to her, maybe he went with mom. And Kaylee says, I don't want to talk about mom. And they like are whispering. And that was a creepy part to me. Like, I don't want to. So we already know something's not right with mom and that she's probably there. Um, other things disappear, like the toilet um, the little girl goes to find, see if her dad went somewhere else in the house and she sees her mother on the edge of the bed talking kind of creepy. We don't see anybody's face really, see the back of her. She tells Kaylee to close her eyes. When Kaylee opens her eyes, her mom is gone. So the kids go back to the living room to watch cartoons. A strange, sounds like a male voice, calls to Kaylee um, to come to the basement. She goes and she doesn't come back. Then the Lego and VHS tapes and other toys move in like a stop motion kind of way, stick to the wall. The voice then calls to Kevin to come to the basement. Um, He goes and sees his sister in the basement. She doesn't have any eyes or mouth anymore. It's like skinned over. So Kevin goes back to his, um, the TV room and the voice continues to call to him, wanting him to play and as he is asking him to play more and more toys start to disappear um the voice then tells kevin to get out a knife and stab himself in the eyes cut his eyes or something is that it says put the knife into his eye put the knife that was a creepy part too um which he does do we don't really see it though (laughs) you you literally don't see (laughs) anything in this movie it's a lot of like you're seeing like the top of the wall and the ceiling or the bottom of the carpet and the the you see a lot of angles that you would assume are like a little kid's eye view of this big scary house but that's pretty much it yeah there's some pans so um he calls 911 and talks to the operator but no one comes um the phone then turns into that like toy phone from like toy story I don't know what the chatter phone is called. Get rid of that <laughs> monkey. Um, and the voice says, I can do anything. And he tells him to come upstairs. So while Kevin is holding a flashlight, he goes upstairs. And then all of a sudden, he's on the ceiling, like walking Which on is the, the best ceiling. part of the movie. Yeah. And in the bedroom. It's just like the music video for uh, All Night Long by uh, Lionel Richie. <laughs> Um, in the bedroom, the room grows into a large void, which you liked that part. That was the best part of the movie. Um, in the hall, the, the hall seems to go forever. And on the ceiling or the floor, so we're all looking at it. The Upside ro- down. But we're looking at it as if it's right way up, but he's on the ceiling, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, there's a pile of his toys there. That's where all his toys have been going. Um, then we see text over the screen that says, 572 days. So he's been there that long. Assuming. Presumably. Um, we see random shots of photos of people who are missing their faces or have their heads completely gone. Um, we see blood splatter on the floor from around the corner, and that kind of goes on a loop for a while, like almost like it's rewound and then starts over, rewound, start over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's it. <laughs> the end. Yeah. So, uh, 
so I was really on edge the whole time watching this. Yes, you it were. did do suspense. I think it did suspense. Well, okay, I disagree. Although it never really led to much of anywhere. I was never tense. And the few times that are like actually quote unquote scary, I thought were very cliche. Just yeah, there were jump scares after long periods of stillness. There was a girl with her face. It was supposed to be this big climactic thing with her face. Like the scariest thing in the whole movie was just a voice telling a kid to put a knife in his eye. The mom was creepy. I didn't. I thought that was also very cliche. And because the scary part of that scene was a jump scare at the end. Oh, yeah, I don't... Yeah, it ended in a jump scare. Yeah, so the whole time watching this, I was, like, you know, going all art school on it, like, really trying to think of, like, the meanings of it. Um, I appreciated it for being experimental and trying something really new. It really did resonate with, like, my inner child, I guess I would say, a lot. Like, l- like you I said, like, say. looking at the different ways of looking at a house. Like, the whole thing of him going on the ceiling and stuff. Like, I used to spend a lot of time, not, like, dreaming about these things, but I'd lay on my back on my mm-hmm. floor in the house and, like, look at the ceiling for a long time and picture, like, what if my house was flipped upside down? Where would things be? How would I get do the stairs how would i navigate things like that and just like in symphony of the night after you finish it the castle flips over and you gotta do it again oh that's like a bummer or is it cool well it's great because it's castlevania <laughs> but oh it's castlevania it's castlevania okay. symphony of the night i see yeah it's a good one uh, um, so i remember oh go ahead oh, i was just gonna sorry, say go I, I read a lot of people saying that like this movie captured like the the nightmares of childhood really well and before he made this film this guy basically did a bunch of youtube shorts of like making shorts of people's nightmares from reddit that's what i read too which i actually think like i know this was his first feature length and everything yeah i think it would have been stronger as a short maybe even just a half hour 20 minute i I think yeah 30 minutes i probably would have really really liked this and like you said i love that this movie exists i love that they managed to like trojan horse an experimental art film into theaters for people to watch yeah but like the whole time you were sitting there, I mean, you said as you were watching it, thinking about like childhood fears and stuff. All I was thinking of was like this guy's watched a bunch of Chantel Ackerman and David Lynch movies so that's and Stan Brakhage. Yeah, I was gonna say like um, after the fact when you we read about it and learned that it was a kind of an amalgamation of like common uh, nightmare mm-hmm. tropes that children have. I was like a little bit let down because I was like, oh, I liked everything else that I brought to the film in my own mind. So can I just go into a little bit of like what I was getting from it? Sure, you go right ahead. Um, so I, I, a lot of it, I was like thinking like, oh, like Inland Empire. Um, now that's a movie. But this didn't stick with me afterwards. Like Inland Empire sure lives in my soul forever. <laughs> now, like Inland Empire changed my DNA. <laughs> there is one scene in this movie that I will remember, and everything else I have already forgotten. And this didn't do that for me quite as much. Um, so as I was watching it, I was thinking of like ideas of child abuse, being stuck in a house that you can't really escape. I picked that um, up too. And like maybe like the children finding. You scared the shit out of me, cat. Holy. Our fuck. animals are running wild. I just wild. felt someone put their hand on my back, and I knew there was no one in the room with us. It was the cat. Oh, Lillian. Sorry, guys. We're doing a spooky podcast. Oh, and- that's that was scarier than anything that happened in the cinema rink. Let me tell you, holy She's moly. She's like, hey. Like it literally felt like someone put their hand oh, on my shoulder. That's creepy. That was crazy. Sometimes in the night, Lily like 
sniffs inside my ear, and I'm like, like, oh my god. I was looking at you, and like, it was up high. Oh, anyway. Wow. Um, And then, like, children finding comfort in, like, watching cartoons. Like, they they immediately go, when this thing is wrong in their house, they immediately go to the television, something that they connect with. It's kind of like, they're almost like their only window to the outside world is this TV. Um, And there's that part where the cartoon keeps looping. Like, it keeps, like, showing the same scene in that cartoon over and over and over again and to me I was thinking like um, that could be the child's mind thinking of their favorite part in their show over and over as the abuse is happening to them to disassociate to disassociate what's actually going on mm-hmm. in the moment that's what I was thinking too all of that seems happening um, just as the same as like the blood looping at the end um, it could be them like reliving the trauma of the abuse over and over and over again that's something that's always stuck with going to stick with them um, yeah, like I said, I liked it better before I found out it was inspired by the tropes of childhood nightmares. Um, I found it to be a bit boring to be like, oh, it's just about dreams. You know what I mean? And it made me think of someone else who did it better, um, which is Arthur Tress, who's a photographer who did a mm. whole collection of f- photos called the Dream the Dream Collector. Yep. Where he, he says, well... I can get into it after. He staged photographs of children's nightmares. Um, but I like the grainy... There, I did it for you. Well, I, get <laughs> I know you do. Um, I like the grainy quality of Skinnamarink. And, like, because in the dark you kind of see, like, the fuzzy, grainy quality to it, which also reminded me of childhood. Where Which is interesting because it was digitally Yeah. Filmed. But when I would lay in my room at night in the dark, I'd, like, see kind of, like, fuzzy stuff. And I'd, like, create pictures with them. They were often scary um i also connected with, like the mother being off because even though my mom is lovely and i love my mom in real life your mom is lovely um in my dreams she was always off and like evil so i don't know if that's like a, a thing for lots of people but did you connect with this on any uh, level i don't know if it's a thing for lots of people i've never had dreams about your mom being off <laughs> did i connect with this movie yeah like in any way yeah uh, from no. like your childhood or dreams <laughs> no, or anything not at all the whole time i was extreme again I think it's really cool, and I also like the movies that they're kind of were inspiring to this movie. But uh, if this movie was twenty minutes long, like I bet you, I'd like to see the short film heck that it's an expansion of because I bet you it's great. That's what this I is a hundred minutes, and eighty of them are just dry as a fart. Mm, yeah. I was, I was, I appreciate it for being experimental. When it ended, I was like, yeah, I, I don't want to watch that again, but that was cool. I'm glad I watched that. And now it's been a few weeks, and like, fuck, man, I'm good. I, I don't think I like. I, when this podcast is over, I'm flushing all of Skinnamarink from my brain, and I'm never thinking about it ever again. I think again. I'm like, I feel the same about it as I did after watching it, a little bit let down, and things like that. Um, I was to be going into it. I was so excited to see this movie. See, sometimes it's better to have low expectations. Oh, I I had very high. I was saying this to you in the car. I keep getting burned by movies that kind of get like pseudo crossover success that are horror when it's like, oh, this is this year's like horror crossover. And I love that this was the movie that crossed over instead of another dud like Hereditary, yeah. but I was still just like, man, this isn't that good. I also feel like when the movie is like that, like I've read in Rue Morgue like reviews where Stephen King says like, it's the scariest movie ever. And I totally buy into it every time. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, it wasn't. Of course not. <laughs> I mean, again, I love that they made it. I think it's really neat. Um, 
I didn't find it scary, but that's not really a big deal for me because I don't usually find movies scary. Also, like this, where it was like an amalgamation of a dream-like, a nightmare-esque, it still had a linear-esque plot to it where... And maybe Inland Empire did too, but Inland Empire felt much more nightmarish oh, yeah. to me. Like the way it cuts, it's not linear. It's all, it's like. Where you get the rabbit sitcom and you get. It's yeah, weird. Yeah. yeah, I just found Inland Empire. You should go watch Inland yeah, Empire. Yeah, it's not Skinnamarink's fault that Inland Empire is like David Lynch making a brilliant three hour movie. So it's, it's not fair to compare this to Inland Empire. But yeah, they're both made on like consumer grade mm-hmm. uh, cameras and experimental horror. So I can see the comparison, but it's not really fair to Kyle Ball that. I'd like to see He's what he does David next. Lynch. I would sure. watch the next thing he does. I will too. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think I would tell people that it's worth seeing. But like at the maybe, same time, well, maybe the short. Like I would like more. to see the short. There's, there's, there's for sure one sequence, like one shot Which in one? this movie. It's the one when when it's pulling backwards into the void and he's oh, sitting yeah, on the roof cool. with all the stuff. That's a really neat shot. And it was the one part of the movie where I went, huh. Really did that. That was neat. But a lot of the other parts that are like the scary parts, the girl with her face all covered up, the stuff with the mom, the nine one one call, all of it. I was just like, okay. So, like okay. I said, this concept I think was like done more interesting by Arthur Tress yeah, in the Dream Arthur Collector. Tress. I'll post um, the pictures we're going to talk about. We'll describe them as well, but I'll post them on our Instagram, which is. Are we going to get sued by the Arthur Tress estate? No, Bride of Creature Sweet. Podcast. So he studied dreams and dream phenomena. Something (laughs) Um, like a phenomenon? Yeah. So he like went to grade schools and tape recorded children recounting their dreams and then posed them in photos, um, like the actual children in photos reenacting their dreams. Which, as like an artist, I'm like, that's interesting. As a parent, if they told me that someone was going to come interview my child about their nightmares and then photograph them, I'd be like, fuck no. I bet you the kids would love it. <laughs> like, the kids would probably have so much fun. It would be really cathartic. I'd I bet be like, you who's be... this fucking weirdo? Well, why does he want pictures of my kids? Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't want to take pictures of our yeah. kids. But I'm just saying, I bet you the kids would have a lot of fun. <laughs> I was like, But I don't let parent, people I'm post like... photos of our children on Instagram, like family members. They do. <laughs> well, they're not supposed to. It's supposed to be fucking private. If you're a family member and you're listening to this and you're posting kid my pictures of my kids on your Instagram and your Instagram is in private, get owned. Fucking fix that shit and get off Instagram in the first place. All right, Joey, I would like you to describe this photo, this first photo. Uh, these are balls. No, it's not. Gonna, oh, no, this photo. Uh, this is a little kid. She got like a christening dress on kind of situation. She's standing in the corner of like an old battered down shitty room with big old windows so you can't see through. And it's all shadowy and she looks kind of like she's having a good, like a not so good of a time. Right. Okay. So. Oh, is this is a quiz? Am I being, okay, go to the next one. I'm having fun. No. Uh, I like so describing I, these. This girl's nightmare, she was reenacting um, a recurring nightmare. She had a, an actual empty mansion that was in her neighborhood that she was told was off limits. And therefore, it was, like, very mysterious and creepy to her. And she just kept having dreams of being in this house. Um, and it kind of reminded me of Skin and Rink, like, the whole, like, creepy house thing. Um, but I think this photo is amazing. Like, his black and white photo That's good. is cool. Okay, let me describe another one. Okay. Um, wait, that's not it. Where's the... Okay, this one one here, we're on like sort of like a dirt road situation. There's a lighthouse in the background. It's not a dirt road. It's actually the 
the shore the shoreline of like the ocean there and they got a lighthouse there and some waves coming in and in the foreground there's like a freestanding old-timey painting of like an old-timey gal sitting there in like a dress and what have you <laughs> and there's some old tires on the beach so this one um a very young married friend of tress had problems with her mother she was still very possessive to the extent that it was seriously disturbing to, for the girl and resulted in nightmares so the painting is that is her mom you reckon like a mother figure. Yeah. You know, I only had one recurring dream oh, when I was a kid. One. And it was, uh, I was in like a big tall... I didn't miss shit. That was the one oh. that we were just on. Uh, I had one recurring nightmare. Remember the nightmare? It was just a dream where just like, I was up on the roof of a building. Yeah. And my little sister, who was like a toddler at the time, was up there with us. And like, I don't know if she fell or if someone hucked her. And then like, I would <laughs> run... I fling her. And then I would run down through all the stairs in the building like in a video game to get to the bottom and catch her. Really? But I never got to the bottom more cause she probably just was street pizza every time. Oh but, my you know. god. <laughs> okay this one here we got like a bike path and in the background there's some sort of freestanding like high-rise apartment complexes. There's some park benches with old folks sitting on there and then in the foreground there's a doopy looking there's like a doofy little kid with big old slippers on sitting inside like a giant cone with his head sticking out and his feet sticking out the bottom he looks like a complete dweeb he kind of looks like you as a kid i was didn't want to say that but yeah he does <laughs> like this is something you would have done as yeah. for fun just hang out in a big cone yeah but this child frequently had nightmares of being trapped in a in cone air conditioning systems like oh is that that ducks. is yeah oh okay and i guess the woman on the bench in the background <clears throat> was like why are you taking pictures like that? Why don't you take nice pictures? She got a point. <laughs> yeah, but I am. Um, <clears throat> I also read that Tress often does this, where his his photos are split into very um, split into two very distinct pieces: the foreground line and the background, and the and it's about like um, the dis disconnect between our reality and the dreams we have. Hmm. <clears throat> Dope. Okay, and we got. Uh... Okay, here we got, uh, it looks kind of like a ski ball, but with a uh, basketball hoop kind of a thing. And there's like a net, and there's a little fellow what's hanging from the net, dangling into the, like, the hoop, down into the uh, ski ball thing. And on the wall it says, registered U.S. Patent Office. So, I like these photos because they're like, more abstract, I think, than the Skin and Rank movie, which was more linear. Okay. Um, and they're black and white, which the movie, I guess, was kind of black and white too. Um, so in with his interviews with, with children, he found out that if they lived um, all their lives in a cramped in cramped quarters and in apartment buildings, um, he noted a very high incidence of dreams related to confinement. So some children even related dreams of being trapped in, into cages. Um, or being held captive within a cage, in a, like in a small cage within like a, a larger cage, and yeah, this boy's stuck in a cage, sort of speak. You no, know, I had a, I, when I was a little boy. Remember in um, Raffi when he'd like crawl through that log to get to like the place where it, was that Raffi? Remember he'd crawl through like a log to get to like the yeah. Little, so like I used to get to have dreams about crawling through that log and I'd get. It wasn't stuck. Fred Penner. Was it Fred Penner? It might have been Fred Penner. Whoever crawled through a log to get to like a secret grove where he'd play his guitar. Uh, but I would sometimes have dreams about going to that grove and I'd get stuck in the log. Yeah? Yeah. Creepy. Not really. Okay, so this one is like a big old industrial like press, kind of like a, a, a like a, a, a steamroller or something like that. But it's like gears and the treads and there's a little boy inside of it, kind of like Charlie Chaplin in modern times. But not nearly <laughs> as like madcap or fun looking. Chaplin looks like he's having a good time. This kid looks like he's not having a good time. I wouldn't let my kid play in there. 
So this says, at one time or another, most normal children dream about personal disasters in which they are injured, sometimes critically. The catalyst seems to be a strong subconscious curiosity about how parents, family, and friends would react. I never dreamt about that. I didn't dream about that, but this, I was like, every kid is like, look at my scab, look at my knee. Look, they love to show you their, like, owies and see how you react to them. I show you my cankers. I was just going to say, you showed me your canker today. I just want, like, some sympathy, though. I'm still waiting. (laughs) All right, so this last one is we got, like, like a paper doll of, like, he looks like a cross between, like, W.C. Fields and the Monopoly guy. And he's in front of some uh, twigs. So it says, um, Children have often told Tress about dreams in which they made contact with figures of their past. Like grandfathers that they have never met. In this instance, the kid's grandfather was a paper doll of the Monopoly guy. I picked this one mostly because I just like the, the paper doll. It's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a cool book if you can get it from your local library, The yeah, Dream Collector. I'm gonna, by we, have, we talked about six photos, so I hope it wasn't too boring to just hear us describe them. But they, it's like a, a I think, a better done version of Skin and Rank and Dreams. Yeah. And, I mean, and it's the or at least a companion to it. But uh, it's a cool idea recreating nightmare logic on screen yeah um you know just this one was pretty boring i guess it's going to be on shutter on february 2nd and this is going to go up probably tomorrow mm-hmm. so you'll be able to watch it soon if you're so inclined um just i would just say maybe don't be so reclined because you'll fall asleep <laughs> i had a really hard time staying awake i was I know, tired we anyway. like paused it twice and you're like i can't do it anymore i was like okay well watch it later and you're like no, I nope. can do it. Because I knew that if I didn't, I knew that if we didn't finish it, I would never go back to it. Because I was fair. just not into it. That's also fair. But you know what? I had a I had a nice time <laughs> with my lady, and uh, there you go. So, are you glad that I apparently bullied you into picking this movie? I yeah. Didn't. It's such bullshit. Yeah, me you too. Bully. Okay. Well, um, so next time you get to pick again because you had such a little uh, hissy fit about this one. <laughs> So what'd you pick for next time there? Infinity Pool. Yeah, Brandon Cronenberg's latest. Which I don't think I've seen any of the so, the, the songs for, uh, movies. So this, well, this is, is my his first. third feature, if I'm and not And I love Mia Goth. I'm like obsessed with her. I have many things to say about her. Well, <laughs> I have one thing to say about her, and we'll say it a lot. But oh my god, please don't start this again. I, there's, it's, I can't not talk about it. Alright. So that's a little tease. Uh, we've already seen the movie, spoiler alert. Spoiler. <laughs> We've already seen this, but we're going to talk. So, we're, so for you, it'll be like a month, and then you'll get to hear the next part. But for us, it's going to be about five minutes because we're going to record the next episode right now. It's a little behind the scenes for you. I know we like don't record, don't record. Then like we got to record, and we get we just inspired. happened to watch two movies that were appropriate. We did. All right. Well, then until uh, next time, I am. Where's my mouse cursor? I am the creature Joey G, and I'm the bride Nicole. And uh, y'all stay scary now. Kissy kissy. Let's go stare at wallpaper for three hours. I would love to do that. I bet there would be so much to think about. I can hear it. You're concerned about my happiness. But all that thought you're giving me is conscience, I guess. If I were walking in your shoes, I wouldn't worry enough. Are you and your friends are worried about me. I'm having lots of fun. And watching Captain Kangaroo. Not a 